work has been transformed forever due to this experiment that we've been going through. And I think coming out of the pandemic, there's going to be a noticeable shift in the way we all work. And also this question of why we do what we do. And it's really important to take that time to understand for yourself. I'm Debbie Weil, and this is the Gap Year podcast, where we discuss all the ingredients of this collective gap year, from reinventing how we work to building resilience. And today I talk to Carrie Hannon, an author and expert on career transitions, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and retirement. Her new book, Just Out, is called Great Pajama Jobs, Your Complete Guide to Working from Home. Wow, talk about great timing. By coincidence, she started writing it last year. I asked her whether we'll ever return to the old way of working, where showing up in the office was a given if you wanted to succeed. Now, knowing how to WFH, work from home, I'm still learning that one, is essential. Carrie points out that there's been a global demand for remote or location-independent work for a while now, but remote working is probably here to stay. Still, the WFH phenomenon has been a really long time in coming. Decades ago, when I was a young mother, it didn't exist, and it certainly wasn't accepted, and that was a source of great frustration. Carrie shares some key skills that can make working from home more effective, and she mentions good communication and discipline. And she offers tips for older and more experienced workers, and yes, that includes those of us who are semi-retired, who might be looking for remote work right now. We talk about ageism in the workplace and how remote working could mitigate this very real issue. Finally, Carrie talks about one of her favorite topics, cultivating resilience through learning. Expand your brain, she says. Adopt a beginner's mind and stay open to change and new possibilities. And maybe even think about living and working in a remote location like Estonia or Mexico City places she says are especially welcoming for location-independent workers. That's not compatible with our pandemic world right this minute, but it's very much a gap year dream. Let's jump in. Carrie, welcome to the show. Oh, terrific to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Let's start with work the topic of work, because it is one that interests all of us. Your latest book, it just came out a few weeks ago, is called Great Pajama Jobs, (laughs) Your Complete Guide to Working from from Home. And I have, so I thought, what, is this woman brilliant? Did you foresee the pandemic? When did you start the book? Tell us, just tell us that part quickly. Yes, well, the truth of the matter is, I started the book last summer, And, you know, I had noticed, Debbie, that this was a global movement, that people were increasingly working from home and remote working, not just from home, but remote locations. And it became something that older workers and younger workers were asking their managers and their bosses for, or when they were applying for jobs and, you know, they're in the interviews, it was something, it was a benefit that they wanted. And so I noticed this global movement and more and more companies getting hip to this idea that, hey, you know, this is actually good for the bottom line and it builds great, you know, loyalty from from employees as well. But here we go. So I'm about to file my manuscript at the end of February 
beginning of March and the whole world changes, doesn't it? We all get sent home to be remote workers. Uh, so lucky for me, I was able to, I call my editor, John Wiley and Sons and say, hey, I think we need to take a little bit of time and, and, and make sure we're on top of what's happening today. And so I was able to get back into my manuscript and really reflect uh, what we were experiencing in terms of remote working across the board for many more people and kind of take a look down the road of, hey, what, what might lie ahead when we look at this area and this way of working because of the pandemic? So they actually gave you a few weeks or a month or something. I'm just curious, having published a book myself, and there's a whole timeline to it. They gave you a little more time. Yeah, I had about two extra weeks. <laughs> oh, but that was, oh. Very, that was, but you know, it was the two extra weeks, but then it went into production and it would come back and forth. And so I would have time to, to sort of tweak little bits. I couldn't make major changes at that point, but I could tweak it. So I feel comfortable with the material as is. Well, it's very up to date. Now, so that's not your dog, right? You're, you're no, thank you for asking because my Zena, who actually is the cover girl on Great Pajama Jobs, <laughs> never ever barked like that but my neighbor's dog is very protective of the street <laughs> so she gets in her backyard when someone drives by well this is perfect because this is what working from home is all about there's <laughs> there's going to be dogs barking and babies crying and that's just all there is to it yeah so this has been the grand remote work experiment this past number of months is this an ongoing shift or will we ever go back to the normal office-based way of working? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a terrific way to phrase it. It it was and is the great remote work experiment. And I, in fact, I believe that from all evidence is remote work is here to stay. The genie is out of the bottle. But we will see in reality, I think it's going to be more of a hybrid situation. Uh, some companies will have you working from home part of the time, a little bit in the office as we shift. And of course, there will be a movement back into an office. But depending on your age, you might not want to until we have a vaccine and or feel a little more comfortable, uh, go back into the office. So there may be quite a few employers who will say, hey, you know, this is working for us. Go ahead, stay working remotely until everyone feels safe back in the workplace. But there will definitely be this movement for remote working is here to stay. Uh, but there will be some hybrid uh, variations as we move down the road. You know, Carrie, it's incredible because I've been interested in remote working for many decades, uh, you know, from the time I had small children. So it Let's just say that change comes slowly. And I guess sometimes we need something very dramatic to happen in order for there to be change. But so tell it, talk about the skills you need to be an effective, and I love this. Now it's a, I'm supposed to know what this means WFH, work from home. Yeah, thank you. Um, here's the thing it is, most of us have these skills in our wheelhouse already. You just need to, uh, you know, sort of pull them out. But the most important thing, I believe is great communication skills. You need to be able to, you know, if you're working for your, your manager, your boss, your team, whatever it is, you need to have great verbal communication skills, written communication skills, 
pick up that phone, not be afraid to stay in touch with people. And you need to, you know, have a grasp of the new technology. And frankly, that was a big concern for many employers that particularly workers over 50 weren't going to be, you know, up to speed with technology. They were going to have trouble with this. Uh, come on. We've all been on Zoom family gatherings for the last six months. There's no more denying that everyone's learned how to communicate virtually and through, um, you know, the video environment and having video conferencing uh, platforms. So you need to be comfortable with the technology and you need to have the communication skills that go with that. You need to have a really good degree of discipline because this requires, if you're working from home and there's all kinds of distractions and things going around you and you're, you know, accustomed to, being able to shut the door on work and you know, when you're at home, this requires you really to learn how to set very good boundaries, uh, both with your employer and your home life so that everyone knows what your working hours are and what you're doing, because there's a real danger of getting burned out because you want to prove that, yes, I'm doing my job. I'm productive. I'm not slacking off. But then you do that to the expense of your your physical and mental health. So I think it's important to be able to be disciplined about what your work hours are and in order to be productive and everyone needs to know about it. You need to draw those boundaries. And and those are some of the really most important pieces of it. Mm. Well, so is age, older age, no longer a deal breaker in the workplace? I think the interesting thing is ageism is alive and well in the workplace. I mean, Debbie, it, it's here. We're not getting rid of it. It's pervasive. But the more we talk about it, hopefully the more people pay attention because there are these biases against older workers. Um, and I tend to prefer the word experience, whatever. But here's the beautiful thing. I think the movement towards remote work could be a real advantage to somebody who Often at this stage in our lives, uh, and I'm, you know, 59, we like the autonomy of working, you know, when we want to work, how we want to work, uh, where we want to work. And it's sort of that we're grownups. We know how to get our work done. So that's sort of one of the things you look for when I ask people, you know, what do you love about your job? That's one of the biggest things that people will tell me. I love it when I have autonomy. So that's a great thing for an older worker if you can, you know, find an employer who's happy for you to work remotely. And it goes a long way to facing this issue of ageism because, in effect, it's subliminal, all right? But if you're not standing in an office next to somebody who's in their, you know, 20s or 30s and, you know, you know, whatever it might be, staring at their at their uh, devices. I don't know, but but it's you know the contrast physically can also create these misperceptions. And so I think when you are being judged not on a book by its cover, but on your productivity and your performance, hey, that's a real boost. Mm. Oh, I love that. Don't don't judge a person as if they're a book. Don't judge by the cover. Yeah. Well, say you are uh, over 55 or 60 or 65, and you're going to look for new work now, uh, remote work, what are your what are your tips? You know, if you're looking for a job now, there are a couple of things. Uh, I think it's very important to think creatively about the kind of work you want to do right now. We know the job market has taken a pretty serious hit. There have been a lot of uh, layoffs. There have been a lot of furloughs. Uh, businesses have gone out of business, right? Because it's it's just been a really difficult 
uh, economic reality for, for many businesses. So if you're facing this, I recommend people do some soul searching, really do that MRI on what your skills are. What do you really love to do? What do you want to do right now? And then you need to think creative, creatively of how you can sort of, uh, I like to say, redeploy them into a variety of fields. So you're not necessarily trying to replicate your old job. Think of ways that what you already know how to do can be shifted into a new industry, a new work environment. And so you're open to different kinds of possibilities instead of with those sort of tunnel vision or you're in your lane. Take a chance to jump out of your lane a little bit. Think of the companies that you would like to work for. Who are some companies that you admire, that you love their mission, that you've always been curious of, to learn more about that company? So put it back in your court. Who do you want to work for? And then you go to the next step. Who do you know uh, who works at some of those companies? And this is where your networking comes into play. And that's where something like LinkedIn, it depends on, and again, when I'm talking about some of the remote jobs that we talk about in the book, a lot of these are white collar jobs. So let's be fair that these are jobs that aren't necessarily consumer facing to a huge degree. But, you know, you need to have a strong LinkedIn profile. That's imperative. So I would think that it's it's really critical that you take the time to see who do you know, because employers hire people they know or people they know know. It's the old fashioned way of hiring. So, you know, I always say networking is just one letter away from not working. So be brave, be strong, reach out to everyone you know who might work at companies where you want to work and see if they can help you get in the door uh, make a recommendation for you you're not asking them for the job but how can they help you get in the door for it uh, that would be fantastic um, and then once you've done your networking and your sleuthing of who you know then narrow your choices down I wouldn't go willy-nilly applying to you know you want to look at those companies and go to their job boards, see what they have open. But then there's some great job boards out there right now, such as Flex Jobs, who was very helpful to me mm. uh, in in writing this book. Um, great pajama jobs. Flex Jobs is good. There's some other ones. Work at home. Uh, vintage employers, employees is a good one. Wave. Uh, you can check that out. You, I can send you the website and uh, give you the. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll put the. I'll put all those in the. Show notes. There's all kinds of good ones. There's side hustle. There's, you know, uh, working nomads. Look, in my book, I list a whole bunch of, of job boards. So use that as your research. You know, who's hiring? What kinds of jobs are hiring? You might want to go to those companies' job boards, as I mentioned before, right on their sites. And then when you're selective, then you, you know, then you start sending out those resumes. And again, resumes are a whole other issue, but but um, but that's something we can get into if you'd like to. But I think this is a great opportunity to shift to doing work that's really meaningful to you. You know, you talk a lot in Great Pajama Jobs about this concept of being open, you know, being open to new ways of doing things, you know, have a, a show or have a tolerance for risk. And one of the things you mentioned towards the end of the book, which I just love, was this list of best places to work remotely. And they include Estonia, Mexico City, Medellin, if I'm saying that right, Colombia. I was just blown away by that. So talk about that. Yeah, you know, the, the, the thing is, in, now today, right this minute, you know, things are a little, uh, a little dicey about moving around to work in different countries and different cities. But in fact, the beauty of remote work is that 
there are kinds, all kinds of opportunities to work uh, in different locations. You don't have to work in the same town as the uh, company is based. And so that list is a lot of fun, I think. And, and, um, and it's worth taking a look at uh, some of the different countries that offer, you know, the cost of living is lower. And so that makes it quite a good possibility for shifting overseas to do some work. I mean, I think it's very appealing. I have a son who works for Google, uh, I never could say that, Google as a lawyer. And he and his wife and their two little children, my grandchildren, are batting around really creative ideas of, well, maybe should they move away from Silicon Valley for a year or so. Anyway, it's, it is totally intriguing. So let's segue a little bit so into, um, well, it, it goes right along with being open and trying new things. Uh, you had a recent article in the New York Times about the value and importance of learning uh, and I, the New York Times actually had a pretty good headline. It says, to build emotional strength, expand your brain. And I think that resonates with so many of us. So talk about that a little bit. I absolutely am thrilled you asked about that. That was one of my favorite uh articles I've written in a long time. And I talked to some really smart people about this notion. And I've felt this way myself, and I'm sure you have. Whenever you start to learn something new, your brain changes, your whole way of looking at the world sort of changes because, you know, you get excited about things around you. You start to notice things that are differently. And you also have the opportunity to be a beginner again. There's this certain joy in, in finding a new discovery or developing a new talent. And, and it, it gives you this inner confidence. And I find that in some of the experts I interviewed in this, in this uh, Dory Clark, who's a wonderful mm. career coach, and Simon Sinek, and um, you just, and of course, Chip Connolly, who's wonderful at the Modern Elder Academy, you take a look at, at these, this one little thing you can do for yourself that can really help you build resilience. And, and the reason why it builds resilience is just what I mentioned there, um, Debbie, is that you are a beginner again. You're, you're not the person with all the answers anymore. And so the ability to overcome sort of, let's call it, it's a little strong to call it adversity, but in a way it is. You've got a set of new uh, problems in front of you because you need to learn how to solve these new things that you're learning how to do. And when you do those, each time you succeed, you you build your sort of spine of confidence that you say, hey, you know, I've, I've been a beginner before. I can, comp I can conquer this. I can accomplish this. So it all feeds on itself. But it, some of the most creative and the best leaders who I've met in my career have always been people who are constantly challenging themselves to learn new things. And they're curious about the world. Mm. So, Carrie, if money were no object and time, there were no constraints on your time, what learning thing or online learning thing would you do right now? Huh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you said, too, this is a perfect time for people to be ramping up things that they've always wanted to learn 
Or back to what we were talking about earlier, maybe for some of these jobs you're looking at, you do need to add some new skills. There's some wonderful opportunities online right now that are many of them are free or they're not hugely expensive, you know, to really add skills right from your your home um, and your computer, which is brilliant. You know, some of the, you know, the best colleges and universities in the world are offering courses or, you know, even LinkedIn Learning has some wonderful uh, uh, tutorials, YouTube tutorials you can find. Oh, there's some great lectures out there. There's so many things if you're curious and you want to start adding things, certificates down to just hearing a great TED Talk. You know, get on, get active and do it. Okay, for me, <laughs> I was going to ask you. going to sound crazy, but, you know, when I was younger and I was studying at university, one of the things I never had the time to spend as much uh, energy on was learning about history. So I think what I would do is is take some time and really uh, take some history classes, you know, do some reading. And, and I love to write, so I would love to be able to write papers on some of this stuff, exploring different um leaders through history. I might link it into my interest in work and jobs and business uh, and the economy and that sort. Um, but but it's really understanding world history, I think I would find uh, that I didn't really have the time to do. And I, I think we learn lessons from history that can help us uh, deal with the future. Oh, I think that's a great answer. Uh, well, listen, I hope you hope you really do do that given this strange, strange time we're in. Any final tips on this work from home, remote, things are different, the new normal for, well, for anyone listening or, um, uh, you know, for those over, well, 50 seems so young to me, but for those over 50 or, or 60 or 70 who might be listening. Well, you know, I, I honestly believe this, this is a great time to embrace change to look for new ways that you can make a difference in the world. I think we're all really open with our hearts these days to seeing what's going on and how can you uh, add value to your own life and to the world right now? How can you shift the way you do your work to find that it touches others' lives as well as your own? You know, as we talked about, what are some of those companies that really are doing things that are that you admire? Can you get involved somehow? Or maybe it's volunteer work you want to do. But really do that self-exploration to find ways that you can embrace the change we're going under. Because I think work has been transformed forever due to this experiment that we've been going through. And I think coming out of the pandemic, there's going to be a noticeable shift in the way we all work. And also this question of why we do what we do. And it's really important to take that time to understand for yourself. And, and it's, you know, it sounds so corny and people always say, you know, we, yes, we need jobs. We need, you know, a lot of people aren't prepared for financially. And if the markets have been kind of crazy of late too, uh, to really with longevity, you know, work is not a four letter word. Work is something that brings us an enormous amount of physical, psychological, and social benefits. It's not all about the money. There's so much more to it. So step back and think about the work you do and the work you're seeking in a broader picture, in a more organic way. Oh, Carrie, thank you so much. This this was just so energizing. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I hope everyone excuses that neighbor's dog because I'm going to have to have a talk with them. <laughs> no, I th again, I think it's perfect. It's part, of, it's part of the real deal. So again, thank you so much. Thank you. 
That's it for this episode of the Gap Year Podcast. We're looking for a sponsor, and you can help. If you're interested in reaching a smart and thoughtful audience of midlife listeners who are open to change and transition, get in touch. Email me at thegapyearpodcast at gmail.com or contact me through my website at debbieweil.com. This is Debbie. Till next time.